This is the 9.30 a.m. worship service of November 13, 2022 at Eastern Avenue Christian Reformed Church. This morning, Reverend Jim Howardo will be preaching from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. His sermon is titled, Manifestations. Andrea Robinson will serve as our liturgist. We'll also be led in worship by Barb Klanderman, Jason Batts, Dave Cucci, Nancy Spoolstra, and the choir. Good morning and welcome to worship at Eastern Avenue. It is a new day, the Lord's day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether you are visiting a regular attender or a lifelong member, anything in between, joining us via live stream or have joined us here in the sanctuary, welcome. We are glad you're here. Please join us now in a choral call to worship.
how good it is to sing praises to our God. Amen. Amen. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. The Lord determines the numbers of the stars and gives to all of them their names. Polaris, Orion, Sirius, Antares, Sun. Despite their size and grandeur, there are too many for us to name. All the Lord's power is surpassed. It is matched only by the Lord's love. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is the Lord's steadfast love toward those who fear God. As far as the east is from the west, so far does the Lord remove our transgressions from us. Thus says the Lord, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Our Lord has called us to worship and now greets us. May grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The peace of Christ be with you all. Please extend God's peace to those around you today.
hear this call to confession from 1 Peter. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys, right? Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm gonna join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me Church, where it's all about you. Let's join in a prayer of confession. Jesus, you have showed us the path of love. You have called and empowered your people to imitate you. You have told us that this is how we will find true joy. Forgive us for not believing you. Forgive us for neglecting your will and pursuing our intense and whimsical desires with such devotion. Accept this offering of our disobedience so that what is wrong may be filled with what is right, so that your great love may displace our petty preoccupations. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, the one who is faithful and just sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To everyone who has confessed their sins, I declare, your sins are forgiven. Would all those going to children and worship please come forward to exchange your blessing.
children are here. Children of God, what is your blessing for the people of God? The Lord be with you and with your spirit. And also Let us join in prayer as we ask for the Holy Spirit to act through today's reading and preaching of scripture. Lord God, help us to know your ways. Teach us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For you we wait all day long. Through Christ our Lord, amen. The Old Testament reading is Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8, and is found on page 553 of your Pew Bible, or you can follow along as the scripture is projected. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. <laughs> This is the word of the Lord.
Our New Testament reading comes from 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. This is the word of the Lord. The title of this morning's message is Manifestations. It comes from verse 7 of our reading. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And the passage goes on to identify a number of manifestations. Manifestation sounds like it could be the name of a horror movie. And considering that this is November 13, maybe Manifestations could be the 13th movie in the Friday the 13th series. Carrying the subtitle, Jason Goes to Church. Uh, Not Jason... Bats. For those uninformed about the series, Jason Voorhees is the frightening character in Friday the 13th. Actually, horror movies point to the meaning of manifestation. Manifestation refers to the visible display of an invisible reality. 
It's closely related to words like appearance and epiphany. And the root word that connects these together is the word for shining. Which is interesting because that is the name of a famous horror movie, The Shining. Starring Jack Nicholson. Manifestation is the visible display. The shining. The shining forth of an invisible reality. In 1905, this obscure postal worker developed a theory for one of the invisible truths of the universe. He called it the theory of relativity. And this theory revolutionized science and all of modern life, for that matter. Matter. <laughs> it's an ironic choice of words <laughs> when talking about Albert Einstein. The theory of relativity said that space and time aren't fixed realities. They shifted in relationship to each other. Their, their measurements are relative or relational. Einstein didn't even talk about space and time. He saw them as being so connected that he referred to them with one word, space-time. Now, another part of the theory of relativity said that mass, substance, and energy were different expressions or different manifestations of the same thing, like ice and water. Mass is frozen energy, and, and energy is liquid mass. Now, stay with me here. Now, don't go for the peppermint just yet. It, it, led, it led to the most famous equation in modern history, E equals mc squared, where E is energy, m is mass, and c is the speed of light. Now, before Einstein, people talked about objects being at motion or at rest. And if an object was at rest, it was expressing no energy. But Einstein said that an object that appears to be at rest contains vast amounts of energy. Now, there's a very practical application for this truth. When your parent or your spouse wonders if you're just going to sit there playing video games or watching golf or napping and challenges you to get up and do something you can let them know that you are already doing a great deal. <laughs> Boldly look them in the eye and say, E equals MC squared. Now, this hasn't worked very well for me yet. <laughs> but I'm hoping that this sermon will help. 
Einstein developed his theory and the equation in 1905. And in the 1940s and the 1950s, the validity of his equation and its power was manifested. It became visible. We made bombs based on this theory. Devastating bombs. Bombs unlike any that had ever been seen or imagined. Atomic bombs. Now this is a picture of one of the tests of those bombs. The Castle Romeo nuclear explosion of 1954. It was estimated to have the explosive force of 11 million tons. That's 11 million tons of dynamite. And that is real-life horror. Now, how much M does one need in the equation? How much mass needs to be changed to E or energy to generate 11 million tons of dynamite. About six and a half ounces of enriched uranium is all it takes to be changed into energy to generate that kind of explosive uh, power about the weight of this coaster. Hard to comprehend how this can be changed to that. Manifestations can be positive as well as negative. The Bible speaks of an atomic bomb-like manifestation that will completely change the world. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8, we read, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth, annihilating him by the manifestation of his coming, by the appearing of Jesus. When Jesus shines forth, the lawless one will be destroyed. It's annihilation again. Only this time it's annihilation of evil. Peter writes about that theme in 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 10. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, he writes. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. The good news is proclaimed over and over again that this manifestation, this appearing of the Savior 
and lore has occurred. Even while we wait for its full expression. And Titus 2, verse 11, brings both of those time frames together. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's appeared, and we wait for its appearance. Now, these great changes, the annihilation of evil, the destruction of the old earth and old heavens, the new creation, all manifest an invisible truth. It's present today, though we don't see it with our eyes. And this truth, like the theory of relativity, can be expressed with a simple equation. Jesus equals Lord. This is the equation at the center of all things. It it drives the annihilation of the old heavens and earth and the creation of the new heavens and earth. And this equation is the essence of the salvation that is offered today. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Now, the lordship of Jesus is so great... Above all, through all, in all, because of the magnitude of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, Jesus would just be some forgettable dude who got in trouble with the authorities. Without the Holy Spirit, Jesus would have stayed in the tomb. And even if he did manage to come out, it wouldn't have mattered wouldn't have changed anything. But with the Holy Spirit, the death and resurrection of Jesus changed the world. It changed it as dramatically as the creation of the world in the first place. The Holy Spirit, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lifts Jesus to the position of Savior, And Lord. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit to point other people, to point you and me to this exaltation. This is the Spirit's message. This is what the Spirit reveals that Jesus is Lord. Now, the people of Corinth were fascinated by the Holy Spirit. And they especially liked speaking in tongues. Above all else, speaking in tongues. It resembled 
their ecstatic experiences when they worshipped idols. Now, the idols may have been dumb, meaning without speech, but oh my, the worship of dumb idols was out of this world. And so Paul writes, you know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Now, they may have been led astray, and they may have said things like, Jesus be cursed, but my, what a spiritual high. And when they spoke in tongues, now that they had become Christians, when they spoke in tongues, they, they got close to that high. Paul's got nothing against speaking in tongues. In another place, he, he wishes that people spoke in tongues as much as he did. But Paul wants them to know that the work of the Holy Spirit is not measured by how high someone gets or how intensely someone feels something, but it's measured by how one lifts up the name of Jesus. How does one know whether a spiritual experience is from the Spirit of God or from the idols of the age? By the place of Jesus in the experience. The touchstone is not what one feels, but who one exalts. Like moths to a bug light, we are drawn. We are fascinated by spiritual experiences. The feeling of awe is wonderful. To tremble, <laughs> catch your breath, maybe gasp. To feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up, surely, surely that must be a God thing. And we search for these experiences. And sometimes when we gather, as we worship, we have them. Different factors work together, and that emotional experience occurs. How we slept and what we had for breakfast combines with the music and some particularly appropriate words, and we say, yes. Now that's worship. And there is no doubt that that is worship. The question is, worship of who? Or what? Is it inspired by the Holy Spirit? Or by one of the unholy spirits of our age? Is the equation, the equation that that's the center of all things, that Jesus is Lord, is that equation at the center of the experience? Does the experience proclaim that Jesus is Lord? That is the test that proves and demonstrates the Spirit's presence. 
Because that's the foundation. And that's the consummation of the Spirit's work. That's all that the Spirit is about. Revealing that Jesus is Lord. And that's the Spirit's work in our midst. That's, that's the Spirit's work here at Eastern to bring us the posture of humility before the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, how does one bow before the Lordship of Jesus Christ? How does one lift up the name of Jesus? Ah, Paul's answer is by building up the body of Christ. That's how one does it. Because before the Spirit manifests Jesus' lordship over all things, before that becomes visible and completely undeniable, the Spirit goes about the work of building up Christ's body here and now. They're, they're connected. This great coming manifestation when Jesus returns and the building up of the body now. They're of a piece. Both are the work of the Spirit, revealing that Jesus is Lord. Now, to go about his work, the Spirit gives gifts, manifestations of the Spirit's presence, and gives those gifts to you and I. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Jesus-exalting Spirit given to each of us for the common good. We're given gifts and services and energies to bless the community. In our worship today, there are so many of them on display not just here, but in the back. Ways that the worship um, is supported and enhanced. These are manifestations of the Spirit. Now, these gifts and services and energies, aren't, those, that's three different things. There are three different ways of talking about a singular action. One and the same action is a gift of the Spirit, a service to the Lord, and an activity from the Father. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come together in the blessing that one contributes to the body. Now, there are all sorts of gifts, services, and activities that manifest the Spirit's presence. The gifts listed in our passage, they're not a comprehensive list. Those are named because they were part of the communal worship of that community. We use a whole other set of gifts in our fellowship together. And a whole other set of gifts in our service of others. And a whole other set of gifts in the way that we play together. 
when we do something to build up the body, we are manifesting the Spirit. Each gift, each service, each activity, a small manifestation of the great manifestation that will create a new heavens and a new earth. Is there anything more important or more meaningful than to manifest the Spirit's presence in our midst? Now, it's okay if that gift service activity doesn't feel all that great or lift us up all that high because that's not the point. The point is to lift up the name of Jesus by building up Jesus' body. Earlier, I referred to Einstein's connection of space and time in one word, space-time. In verse 12 of our passage, the verse right after we stopped reading, Paul brings Christ and his body together in this way. Listen to this verse. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. With Christ. The person of Christ. And the body of Christ. Joined together by the Holy Spirit into one reality. Christ. To lift up the name of Jesus is to build up the body of Christ. And to build up the body of Christ is to lift up the name of Jesus. So, by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, let us bless one another and bow before the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, we praise you for the gifts that you have poured out on this community. We praise you for your presence. And we pray that you will give to us a willingness to express our energies, abilities, and our gifts to bless this community and to lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are at the center of all things. You're at the center of this time. You're at the center of our lives. 
We don't always see that. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need your help in order to believe that and in order to act on that truth. So come upon us. Reveal to us again and again that extraordinary equation. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Our song of response is Come Holy Ghost.
Good morning. Will you please join me in prayer? Come, ye thankful people, come and raise the song of harvest home, for all is safely gathered in, and ere the winter storm begins. Boundless, generous God, the unbroken cycle of your creation is once again calling us to take stock of our year, make our provisions, and give thanks for the bounty we enjoy. You are the God of harvest, and we are your seeds in the world. You've fed us and nurtured us, and we gather here together today in the garden of your kingdom, offering our prayers of gratitude and the petitions of your people. Our silos and storerooms are filled with the abundance of your kindness and grace. Our hearts feel the sentimental and obligatory pull of thanksgiving, but we ask today for a new and more profound sense of gratitude that elevates our spirits beyond the forgettable holiday platitudes and customs. It's easy to say we're thankful. Give us the ambition and commitment to show it as well. We, th we say thanks for our food, but now we must share it with those who are still hungry. We say thanks for our homes, but who are we leaving out in the cold? We say thanks for our families, yet we all know people who are still alone. And we say thanks for your creation, but yet we sit and wait for others to care for it. We say thanks for all of our innumerable material comforts, but those tangible riches are meaningless. Your true gift is the richness of spirit that compels us to recognize all that we have been given and to now give it back. In this time of harvest, focus our minds less on the details of your generosity and more on what that generosity equips and necessitates us to do in the world. We pray today for Eastern Avenue Church. We pray for every volunteer, every employee, and every participant who gives of themselves to make this a place where your light can shine. Walk with us on a path towards an uncertain future and keep us faithful to our mission, to each other, and to your calling. We pray for the members of this congregation that need your loving care. That includes the voices we hear and all the countless voices who suffer in silence. We ask you to hear every prayer and answer them according to your will. We're thankful for Carol's remission and the hopeful news about Andy's father. We also pray today for all your children who are facing another virus. Protect them, for they're the ones who need your protection the most. Our list of requests each Sunday is endless. War still rages, racism and bigotry still thrive, poverty endures, corruption and dishonesty abound, greed rules the day, willful ignorance and indifference join together, and we watch helplessly as the promise of a better world seems to constantly sip, slip through our hands. Remind us that we are not forlorn in this struggle. Remind us that every act of kindness, no matter how small, makes its own crack on the foundations of hatred and intolerance. Fill us with the conviction that love still matters and that grace can make a ripple that becomes a mighty wave. Gracious God, our hearts are filled with thanksgiving. Pondering all that we have is the same as pondering all that we have to give. Make us people with endlessly generous hearts and hold us accountable to be your instruments of change in the world. 
God our maker doth provide for our wants to be supplied. Come to God's own temple, come, and raise the song of harvest home. Amen. I have uh, four announcements before our offertory prayer. Uh, introductory conversations following this service for anyone who is interested in learning more about Eastern Avenue Church, exploring membership, or getting to know some of the elder team, come to the Welcome Center in the Fellowship Hall. Let me translate that. If you're new, if you're here for the first, second, or third time, if you have been visiting Eastern Avenue Church pre-pandemic until now, if every time you hear the welcome to come and learn more about Eastern Avenue Church, you hold your head down and slip out the back door, we're talking to you. <laughs> now that we have your attention, um, the coffee tables, the coffee tables in the fellowship hall, at the end of those tables, we have our warmest, friendliest elders who would just love to just say, hi, welcome. And so if you're inclined to take the risk of just walking through those doors um, after the benediction, grab a cup of coffee and allow us just to say hi to you. Uh, if you have been visiting with us, we would love to do that. Middle school and high school youth group tonight, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, uh, here uh, at the church for game night. Movie night, Saturday, November 19. Doors open at 6.15. Check out the e-announcements if you're interested in that. And just a note about next Sunday uh, is a combined service that starts at 10 a.m. That service will include Christie's ordination followed by a brunch. And please RSVP to Aaron and help us know how many of uh, us will be here for that lunch. So back in 2015, I was introduced to Celebration Fellowship Church. I had just retired. I had two um, uh, board members from Celebration Fellowship approach me and asked if I'd be willing to be a non-paid, full-time executive director. <laughs> they already lost me after full-time and non-paid. Um, for this, this fledgling church who had a vision to plant itself in each of what was then 29 state of Michigan prisons. Before you say no, Maybe, um, would you be willing to just come and visit once? So I did. I got in my car and I drove down to Ionia. I went, drove down to the Hanlon Correction Center. And I walked into the visiting area there and there were uh, 10 uh, men and women, sort of like me, um, who were waiting to um, attend this worship service. Went through what was then typical security, walk through, uh, pull out your pockets, take off your socks and shoes, pat down, stick out your tongue. And by the way, here's a beeper to put on your belt with a little red button if you ever feel like you're in danger. Having gone through that rather inhumane experience, waited for staff exor, ex, waited for a staff person to escort us across the yard into what was a very, very dingy auditorium. Walked into the dingy auditorium and noticed there was probably 75 to 80 all men. It's a, it's a men's uh, facility. All dressed alike and the 10 of us kind of walked in there and then I just paid attention. I watched 
10 people walk in there and all of a sudden I saw shakings of hands and I saw laughter and I saw banter and I saw what I typically see when I walk into the fellowship hall before a service here at Eastern Avenue Church. So we were called to worship with an opening prayer and then we suddenly broke off into small groups for Bible study. I sat with nine men all dressed alike and as I watched those nine men I noticed some were very articulate, some could hardly read, but what I particularly noticed was this was being led by one of them and I soon learned that each of those leaders would gather together on Thursday night for their own training. Broke from that, walked into the service, like we walk in here. A gentleman stands up and says, do we have any guests in the audience? So some guy stands up, my name is Doug, I bunk in Unit C, and the whole place just explodes with clapping and way, way to go Doug, welcome Doug. And then Bruce stands up, I'm in Unit E, and hey Doug, good job, good to have you here with us Doug. And then a guy stands up and says, I want to introduce my friend, his name is Dave. He used to be the superintendent at Grand Rapids Christian Schools, and if you have any kids who you think deserve straight A's, this is the guy you got to know. <laughs> at which point, go Dave, go Dave, some guy bellows out, can I get a hoo Jesus? And that was the quiet way they started their service, and then the service began to look quite like ours, with opening statement in liturgy and song and scripture. And the service ended with 75 men all dressed alike with the 10 of us forming a circle, holding hands and singing, my friends, may you go in grace. And that looked remarkably similar and felt remarkably similar. And I'm walking out and a guy comes up to me and he says, so, so, so was your office on Sylvan? And I said, um, yeah, it was. He said, well, I, I went to Zealand Christian. In fact, um, I've got a daughter at Holland Christian right now. And as he was talking, he didn't need to say anymore because I already knew his story. I knew the horrific thing that he had done to gain him entry into the Hanlon Correction Center. And I knew that Celebration Fellowship Church was going to be his church for the rest of his life. And then I was hooked. That's the church we're going to be giving to today. Join me in prayer. God, we thank you for your church. We thank you for your church universal. And we thank you for your church that's penetrating prisons today. And we ask your blessing on that work. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. May the love of God the Father encourage you, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ set you free, and may the presence of the Holy Spirit make you bold. Amen.